everybody. So this is really exciting. Uh, we were going to be doing a live hangout, a uh, live YouTube stream, but it's not working. So we are recording this using some other software. And uh, But we are doing our monthly or uh, regularly segment called His Picks, Her Picks. Uh, and we are talking about quirky romances today. And my friend Richard is here to join me and to talk about two films. Uh, so do you want to introduce yourself? Hey. Hi, I'm Richard. Hello, everybody. Hi. And uh, we've done this, this is our third time doing this yeah. series. Uh, and it's a lot of fun. The, the point of the series is uh, that Richard picks a movie that we pick a topic, a genre, uh, a topic and he picks a film I haven't seen and then I watch it and then I pick one he hasn't seen and then we talk about it so it's a lot of fun and so we thought for Valentine's Day we've already done romantic comedies on this series and so but I thought it would be fun to do uh, romances uh, but to this time to do sort of more quirky weird alternative indie whatever you want to call it uh, romances and so we are that's what we're going to do today and we're going to talk about uh the movies amelie and 500 days of summer so that should be a lot of fun and uh, so let's start how about with 500 days of summer okay. we'll do amelie uh, so this was um, this was uh, released in 2009 and that seems crazy to me because it just it seems like a very current new release to me i can't believe it's been that long but um uh but anyway it, it's uh was directed by mark webb and he uh and and it has uh J joseph gordon levitt and zoe deschanel in the leads katie perry's twin sister yeah and yeah. i um i really loved this movie when when i saw it and i i i personally think it, it has held up very well like it it's uh, I, I kind of wondered if it would because it kind of you know takes some risks and it, it has some sort of hipster qualities to it so I wondered if it would but to me at least it's still very charming and I, I really liked re-watching it. it I think it takes uh, some creative risks uh, in the storytelling uh, and in the um, the ending and some of the other things that I really like and I think are still make it unique and and really effective and uh, it it basically tells the story of this uh, young man uh, who works for a greeting card company, and uh, his name's Tom. And they tell you at the very beginning of the of the movie that this is not a love story. They introduce you to his character, and then also to the girl named Summer. And these are like diametrically opposed like people these are people that really should not be in a relationship <laughs> uh summer is is kind of cynical um she's uh kind of uh a um a little bit of a flake but also very spontaneous very fun um whereas uh whereas tom is all about commitment and love and a romantic and everything and they're just very very different but uh, they meet uh, at work and he's very smitten with her and he's kind of convinced i think that he can change her um and uh and that he can kind of make her 
you know, fall in love with him. And uh, anyway, and but their relationship starts, and it uh, it it does get pretty uh, intense fairly quickly. But then, uh, if, if it kind of fizzles out, and uh, and then she decides to, um, and they have sort of all these quirky adventures or whatever along the way, uh, and then uh, she decides to break up with him, and he's totally devastated and shocked. And this whole time it's being done by nonlinear storytelling. So you get like day five, then day 50, day 500, all that all kind of mixed together. And, but he's, he's devastated. Uh, and eventually uh, they end up meeting again, uh, going to a uh, wedding of a friend and uh, this has been hasn't been that long because it's obviously only five it's 500 days uh the the movie taking place over and uh she they they start talking and he thinks that there's somehow a renewed spark or renewed interest but she thinks that she's just being nice she's she, and she she's very she doesn't understand his way of thinking at all and Anyway, she invites him to a party, and it turns out it's actually her engagement party. And, uh, and so he's devastated about that, very disappointed. Um, but at the end, they end up kind of meeting and real, you know, kind of having this sort of moment where they, they realize that, that, sh that she did learn something about, like, believing in love from him. And, uh, you know, he kind of learned something from her. And, uh, and that uh, sort of has a bittersweet ending. And then we see him at the end uh, get a date with a girl named, uh, named Autumn. So that's kind of a funny, funny thing. And, <laughs> um, and so that's how it ends. And um, what do you think of the movie overall? Well, I actually liked it a bit more than I was expecting, really. I mean, I did um, start watching it like a few years ago. I can't remember exactly when, but I, I think I liked watched the first 10, 15 minutes. Uh, it, it was on TV and I just decided it wasn't really working and I didn't watch the rest of it. And um, I, I did appreciate it a lot more this time around. I appreciate the whole not a love story thing. I, think, I thought it was very interesting uh, character-driven in story. And I really enjoyed the, uh, the non-linear storytelling and how that uh, it all worked together, how it all linked. And, yeah. uh, oh, good. I'm glad. Yeah, it was, a, yeah. it, was a, it was an unconventional thing as well, and it was the you can kind of understand the feelings of the of the characters. Mm -hmm. That was well done. That's the great thing about I, I think about something like this is hopefully it kind of forces you out of your comfort zone. Maybe yeah, watch yeah. something that you maybe discounted or didn't or didn't watch, and and uh, yeah. it kind of that's why I like doing stuff like this. Um, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, that's great. I'm glad. Um, so my first question is, so uh, actually I'm going to do, so this movie, like you said, does do a nonlinear storytelling, jumping around to different days, as opposed to starting at the beginning of their relationship and the end of their relationship. And I was, so you liked that. Yeah, I did like it. Yeah. It was a, I mean, it was a little bit like, um, like Memento, not quite in the same way either. But, um, but like, uh, even though it's not going in like a chronological order, everything is still linked and the information is being revealed to the audience at the, the right time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. have, you, have you seen Memento? I, I actually, believe it or not, I have not, but I, I, I need mm -hmm. to. 
It's, it's very good, yeah. I want to. I, I just, I, just one of those ones. Uh, mm. It came out when I was still not seeing any R-rated movies, and then I just never gotten around to seeing it. <laughs> but I want to. But yeah, I know what you're saying. And it could be something that would be uh, very distracting. Like at um, Sundance, I saw a movie called The Yellow Birds, Mm -hmm. Uh, which is about war and it's about these soldiers and they do nonlinear storytelling there. And it really didn't work at all. In my opinion, it really hurt the movie because uh, you're, you're getting, uh, you're getting things about their post-traumatic things. You're getting things about before the war, you're getting things about during the war all mixed together. And so it just hurt any kind of tension or momentum or I don't know. It, it really, didn't work at all in my opinion uh, but in this case I think maybe just because it's a love story it's just it's not you don't need that tension in the same way that you would need for a war yeah. movie. well no well, no in a war movie you've got this like constant action and um the yeah. idea ideas of what the climax would be mm-hmm. it's, uh, and it's yeah. kind of like seeing it from you kind of see it from all these different perspectives you know, like if it was just uh, from the beginning to the end, I think uh, it would just be from these two people's perspective. But somehow the way they do it, you get like the perspective of his friend, the perspective of his sister, the perspective. Yeah. It, it just kind of, I don't know, I think it makes it his boss, all this stuff. It makes it a little bit more, um, just less predictable, I guess. Yeah, it gives it a, kind of a different pr- appreciation of, uh, how the relationship progresses and um and that the and have an understanding of their the different thought patterns really and um the, like when you when you see them like in the in the furniture store on different days i think the first time you see them there they he's try it's like at a later stage of the relationship and he's he's trying this little role play and she's just not into it and then you, you've cut to before that when they were first playing around with all the with the beds and the sinks and and stuff and that gives you their appreciation and it is quite sad seeing the um the contrast in their relationship in in quick succession like that yeah <clears throat> yeah you really do uh kind of float back and and forth in between the different spots it's almost like putting together a puzzle in a way hmm. yeah <clears throat> okay so the movie starts out telling you this is not a love story and 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 having this narration did you do you think that worked? Did you like that? Uh, you know, them sort of tipping their hat from the very beginning of what this was going to be. Did you like that? I, I did. Uh, I mean, the first, like I said, the first time when I was watching it, I didn't be, I wasn't quite sure about that because uh, when they're saying like this is a boy meets girl story, but it's not a love story, mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be quite a depressing film. But uh, he, he, but I do appreciate it, it more with the uh, with, uh, with how it works as like a. Uh, a study of these characters, mm-hmm. and um, and I like kind of na- narration like that. It's kind of um, it's kind of, it's kind of on- brutally honest narration. And he's describing he's describing these weird things like his like Tom's Tom's misunderstanding of the graduates. It's a, I, li- I like that kind of of humor. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think I would be more annoyed by it if I really didn't genuinely think these two people should shouldn't be together. Like if I, cause I like, it's like, I agree. Like they, they, they probably needed to have this experience, but mm. I, I'm, 
I'm glad in the end, yeah. I guess. Yeah. I, think, I, mean, I think it's like a, it's a bit of a shame that a relationship doesn't work out, but they're probably not, but they are really right for each other in the end. Yeah, they yeah. really aren't. Yeah. Um, okay, so I... So the movie tries a lot of creative touches. We've got the narration. We already talked about that. Um, there's a point where it turns into a sketch, which I, I love. I thought that was so pretty. There's a, a point where uh, th- there's a musical number and a dance sequence, and then there's a little animated bird. Uh, yeah. There, there's a, a. I love the the sequence with um, where you have a real life and then expectations. Yeah. On the I just think that's so brilliant. And um, uh, and a lot of things like that. Did any of those stand out to you, or work for you, or that you liked or didn't like? Or yeah. definitely that little uh, a little fantasy sequence uh, that inspired every. I think after they slept together for the first time when it, and they oh yeah, and he kind of gra- he kind of gradually seeing it's all it's all a fantasy, which just as he gets more and more over the top, and he looks at his reflection in the car, and he's Harrison Ford. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was very funny. Yeah, and the expectations based was- reality. That was a. I mean, obviously that wasn't funny. That was a, that was quite a bit of sweet and, uh, but that, that went really well. Mm-hmm. And I think there was also this, um, this point where he's, uh, after they've broken up and he's in this, uh, this miserable phase where he's watching this silent film and seeing himself as the, the lonely man in there. Yeah. It's actually, it's actually quite similar oh, yeah. to, uh, to Amelie. Mm, yeah. But I did like that. I did like those creative, um, directions they went in as well as the, as how the narration works. I mean, there wasn't that much narration in the end. But I did like the style of that. Yeah, they're they're really. It's just pretty much the beginning and the end, I think. Yeah. I think the, it's the a, little interspersions throughout, just little ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I I I think I think the thing I like so much about that reality versus I uh, um, versus expectations is I, I just can think of so many times in my life that that has happened to me. That oh, um, exactly. yeah. Like it's a silly example, but it makes me think of uh, this one time I was roommates with my sister. This was years ago, of course, but, and she had asked me to go to, to Costco to, to go shopping to the, the um, warehouse store. So I go and it's like so hard at those stores to like not spend a lot of money because everything's like these big, you know, stuff anyway. And so I go to this store and I ended up spending like $200 and, but we got like a lot of food. But I was feeling so, so guilty because I, I thought she was going to like ream me out about it. And uh, so like the whole time I'm like preparing in my head what I'm going to say when she says this and then I'm going to say this and then she's going to say this. And I had it all sort of prepared when she came home. And then it was just so funny because she comes home and I was like, here, this is how much I spent. This is what you bought. We're good for like the next month or whatever. And she was like, okay, sounds good. <laughs> and I just thought it was such a good example of like how we have these, we build up these expectations and then yeah, reality yeah. is totally different. <laughs> so I don't know. I really, a bit more dull. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really related to, uh, to that scene very much. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, um, yeah, and I, I like I think the musical scene is kind of fun. I guess I'm a huge um, musical fan, so it, it's just I don't know, it just sort of adds to the to the unpredictable nature of the movie. Yeah, I think. yeah. it reminded me a little bit of um, you know, in uh, I think it was season two of Friends after uh, Ross has uh, slept with his current girlfriend for the 
the first time. Like after that, he's like walking down the street and singing in the rain is playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Good comparison. Yeah. So, okay. Um, so let's see here. So what did you think of their relationship and character development of both? And is Summer a jerk? In your mind. It's a, it's a little bit easy to, to see Summer as a jerk, I guess, because it's, um, that's kind of the first impression we, we get of it in the breakup scene, where she just tells him, I think we should break up, and, just, and it's just like carrying on this, this conversation and eating the meal just quite normally. And you just think, that's, that's not really the right thing to do. And then, he, and then he kind of, he, and she does a, a few more like, just jerky moments in the, throughout the other film, like, and, like not telling her about her engagement and when they meet on the train and she's just kind of acting like, like nothing happened between them. Mm-hmm. But, um, but ultimately, um, you do kind of understand and her, her thought pattern. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> I think the, the engagement thing is pretty selfish. I, I think the fact that yeah, she yeah. would, you know, just because she's like, well, I wanted to, and that's. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she, she's, definitely, she's only a very, very selfish person in the sense of, uh, of not thinking of others very much. She's all about living in the present and living for herself. Yeah. And just being happy. I mean, there is, I, I, I think the, the movie, the, the, I guess her redemption scene in the movie is ironically, uh, well, I think the ending moment where they're on that park bench is just lovely, mm-hmm. but also that scene where he goes on the date, and the girl's like, so wait a minute here. <laughs> she told you from the yeah. beginning <laughs> that she yeah, yeah. was not interested in a relationship. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah she's the bad, yeah. bad one here. Yeah. This kind of expectations versus reality again. Yeah. yeah. He, was, he was expecting that she was, was going to win her over. Yeah. yeah. Which I'm, not, is- I'm not sure she, I'm not sure, I mean, he was saying like she, yeah, she kind of learned about um, the idea that love does exist from him. But um, he, I'm not quite sure. Or they, it seemed like she just kind of figured it out on, on her own and when she met this other guy that we don't really know anything about. And then just, uh, and then just kind of compared it to her own feelings for Tom because she said about, he makes me feel like, like how I was never sure I felt about you. That's true. Yeah. That's true. That's I, yeah. I, I, yeah, nah, I wonder. Because I always figured that she sort of knew what to look for because she saw how he loved Hmm. And that kind oh. of, and that she it's saw somebody, she saw yeah. somebody who believed in love, kind of again. But I, you make mm. a good point that she does, kind of, she does say that. That's true. Hmm. And yeah, yeah. I think, I think Tom. I mean, Tom is the um, he's definitely the protagonist of the film. It's from his perspective, and where mm-hmm. we learn more about him, we kind of we view someone from his perspective. And I like the journey that he goes on as well, because he starts off with, um, with I mean, it's, the narration tells us that he believed he would never really be happy until he found the one. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you can't see with the things he's he, the things he's doing, like he's working this this kind of menial job in this greeting card company when he tra- trains to be an architect. And it's like he's kind of um, he's so settled in being unhappy that he's not trying to get out of it until he's in this very specific set of circumstances. He thinks he needs to, to, to have done something in particular, finding, finding a person he wants to be with before he can stop going on with his life and, uh, and trying to be properly happy. And he, that uh, is and such a out. good point. Uh, and that's something you see all the time. Like whether yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, you know, my friends who think that they, 
they won't be a hundred percent truly happy. And, and, and even I do it on occasion, but until they get married or, you know, my single friends or, or, uh, or my friends who think that, uh, until they, until their kids are, are in school, you know, that then they'll finally be, that's such a, that's a, such a easy thing to kind of, kind yeah. of pin your happiness on something different in your life and not be happy with what mm. your life is. That's very yeah. true. And, um, it's you're kind of thinking you've, you've got loads of time ahead of you. Yeah. Yeah. Very good point. And I think it is kind of refreshing in a way to see this kind of character in a man, uh, hmm. in a film as opposed to a woman. I think you, you tend to see a lot more movies about women who are looking for the one and who are really hmm. like, you know, who are really ro- the romantic and, and it's usually the man who's the one who's sort of the commitment, uh, you know, shy person. And, hmm. and I mean, I feel like he's sort of similar. Did you ever watch, uh, how I met your mother at all? Uh, I've watched some episodes of it. Yeah. That's sort of like, like having completely. Uh, the lead in, I, I feel like he's similar to Ted Mosby. Oh yeah. And that show a little bit. Yeah, that is, that is a good point. What's that? Kind yeah. of similar. And Robin's kind of similar to, uh, yeah. Um, to, yeah. Anyway, this kind, of kind of a cliche of uh, romantic comedies that the, the man is more the cynical one and it's a woman who's looking for the proper relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, and I also, I do appreciate also that there's not like, the, the sort of the trope of the uh, oh she's engaged to some jerk or or he's with you know how a lot of times these romantic comedies have that where they're with some horrible person but then there's really the yeah. nice person that clearly they should be with yeah I kind of like that too um, so I don't think we really know anything about her, her husband though do we no we don't that's true no, okay. it's kind of like what you were saying in your, your video about the ending of La La Land yeah that's true good point um okay so uh just a couple more questions um so the side characters uh did you did, did you like the side characters uh his friends co-workers boss sister any of them yeah. stand out to you yeah. well, i think i, I think quite like that he was working for agent colson yeah yeah it was, was good i liked it it was very funny yeah yeah yeah, so he, he was quite an, he was quite a nice character. Yeah. Before, I mean, he's talking about his in a little interview sequence where he's talking about his wife, and he describes like she's the light that guides me home, and and yes, it is from one of our greeting cards. That's, yeah. I, think, I don't think you can really be judged for using something like that when he means it. But um, the friends, I wasn't so sure about because it just seemed kind of like the um, like basic basic friend characters. Mm-hmm. But you kind of see with like like. Um, they get the, the main the main male characters' buddies in in romantic comedies. Yes. Yeah, that's but, um, but I really liked um he was it his sister played by uh, Chloe Moritz, mm-hmm. Rachel. I did definitely like her. She was uh, she was very much a, a voice of reason in most of her scenes. It's like being so much younger than Tom. Mm-hmm. I think he, I, she was definitely my favorite of the side characters. Yeah, I really related to her because that I feel like that's my role a lot of times with my friends. Uh, mm-hmm. is to be like, what are you doing? <laughs> He's a loser or, or or whatever. I'm the one that sort of gives them the advice they don't want to hear sometimes when it yeah. comes to relationships. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I remember I, a friend of mine was, uh, 
was dating this guy that was a nice guy. She, she liked spending time with him, but he had, he had proposed marriage to her and she had just kind of accepted because she was like, well, I might not get proposed to again. <laughs> I was like, do you love him? She was like, I'm old. I, I don't know if I'll get, proposed. I'm like, you didn't answer the question. Like, <laughs> and I just say like, no, like you don't, you shouldn't, you shouldn't get married just because somebody asked, like you should, you know, and I'm like, I can't believe I'm explaining this to somebody. <laughs> so I just feel like, feel like sometimes I put in that position of like, um, <laughs> you should, you should actually be in love with the person that you're going to get married. Like that's yes, such exactly. a standard. Yes. Uh, that should be in a romantic comedy, really. That sounds, sounds like something <laughs> the other plays. Yeah. Maybe I should write that. Yeah. Um, no, well. Anyway, okay. So, uh, uh, last, just two questions. Um, did you like the ending? Did you want to see them together, or did you like the fact that it was uh, bittersweet? Yeah. Than it was. Hey, well, ultimately, I preferred the fact that it was bittersweet rather than that they they do get together because they they weren't right for each other. And ultimately, they do. They did. Um, I mean, Tom at least did learn from the experience. He like went for this this bad time with it, and then he came out the other side with a better understanding of of himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I, and he did quit his job. He did, and then, you know, it was interviewing at the architecture firms. Yeah. And I, like, I like how it's, uh, how it's left a bit uncertain. Like, we don't know actually whether he got the job or even where his relationship with um, with, where, with Autumn is going to go. And, yeah, I uh, like that too. I like yeah. that too. I mean, I mean, I'm not sure quite what she meant. We said she was supposed to be meeting someone else, and then she changes her mind, decides to, to go out with him instead. Yeah. No, I'm not sure, what that, not sure what that was about. But I did like we have that note of hope at the end. We get, we're going to get 500 days of autumn. <laughs> hopefully, well, hopefully more than that. The place you call autumn, because don't you call it fall over there? Both. Most, a lot of times fall, but autumn is acceptable. It's, it's Because yeah, uh, here, we, here we just call it autumn. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I would say, fall, yeah, I'd say fall is more common, but hmm. you do hear autumn. Um, okay, so last question is just, do you think that the soundtrack helped you get immersed in the film, or uh, is it, you know, did you like that? I did, I did like the soundtrack. I mean, I didn't, uh, I don't know most of the, uh, of the songs. I mean, the only one I'd heard before somewhere was the, the one in the, the fantasy dance sequence. That was probably the happiest song in the, in the film. And, um, not a, not and I felt and I felt definitely the tone of the other songs, I kind of set like the, the bittersweet nature of a lot of the scenes, like the, the expectations versus reality scene. You're not, a big, it, not a big fan of uh, the Brit- British alt-rock, like the Smiths? <laughs> hey, I don't really know. No, I don't really know who they are. <laughs> no, they're very depressing. You listen to their, their it was very talented, very talented, but yeah. Yeah, because yeah, that's, the, that's the band they both like, isn't it, the Smiths? Yeah, very. Yeah. But no, I don't think I'd heard of them. <laughs> Well, oh really? Most of their songs are about death. Of <laughs> so yeah, they're very, very downers, but they do have good song. I mean, if you're in the mood, if you're feeling sorry for yourself, they're like the best. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, anyway, so that's, that's the, uh, uh, I guess that's all my questions uh, for 500 mm-hmm. Days of Summer. I, I really... I really enjoy it. I just think it's something different, something refreshing. And 
Yeah, it's kind of weird that the director ended up going on to make Spider-Man movies. <laughs> I know, yeah. I was, I was quite surprised in the opening credits when he, was, uh, when he said the director was Mark Webb. Yeah. Who made, who made The Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, that's funny. I mean, I, mean, I, think, I mean, to be fair, I thought the romance in those wasn't bad. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the... I like the part I like of the, it, actually, in my opinion. I like how the, the interactions between, um, between Peter and Gwen, they, they felt quite natural. That was, that was handled quite well. True. Yeah. Very, very true. All right. Well, let's talk about Amelie. Yes. If you want to introduce it. Okay. So, so I've, I've written a summary here. So Amelie is a French film about uh, Amelie Poulain, which I'm probably pronouncing wrong. An introverted woman who grew up with unaffectionate parents and no friends. On the day that Princess Diana dies, Amelie finds a hidden box in her apartment and returns it to, her, to its original owner. After seeing how touched he is, she starts anonymously helping everybody she knows with their problems. Amelie also encounters a man named Mignot who likes to collect dis discarded passport photos. She is romantically interested and leaves messages for him, but is too shy and scared to seriously try anything. Eventually, Amelie gets over her fears and she and Nino get together. It's a good summary. It's a bit, it's a bit of a shorter summary than um, <laughs> The 500 Days of Summer One because there's, a, there's not quite so much story in this, no. in this one, is there? Uh, no, there's not, not a lot of story. But there's, there's a little side characters that have sort of their own stories you yeah can, like, right? like little progressions yeah but, but amelie that's basically her story <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 but basically my thoughts on this movie is it's it's kind of feels like the definition of a feel-good movie mm -hmm. i mean it's i mean it's not it's not entirely happy and there is quite a lot of a there's quite a bit of dark comedy in it mm -hmm. but um it, it doesn't it only doesn't feel that it's never really depressing or anything like that it's um it's, it is generally quite happy and light-hearted a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. And I uh, found it was very charming, and I really loved the, uh, the style approach as well. Oh. Yeah, I thought it was very charming. I very much enjoyed it. I, mm -hmm. I, I think I, if I was going to nitpick, I, it's one of those movies where I feel like they didn't need, like, the... I think it, it would have been maybe even better with a PG-13 rating. I, 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 I think the, the few little moments that are a little more garish aren't really aren't really needed right. i i don't think they add right. to the to the charm of the film uh but it's a small critique i really did enjoy yeah. it and a great lead performance uh and great production design uh very yeah. uh very good cast and uh and yeah i it was it was a lot of fun yeah, the uh, I think lead actress Audrey Tattoo. I think the only thing I only thing I saw her in was the Da Vinci Code. I don't mm. I'm not sure she's been in anything else outside France. That's uh, the, the only yeah. French film I'm familiar with. I don't think I've seen her in anything else that I can think of. Let's see if if there's yeah, she was in the um, Da Vinci Code. I'm just seeing here. Um, no, I don't really see anything hmm. on her thing. I think she could be like an interesting, if they wanted, she's so pretty, I think, oh, yeah. that she would be, she could be like even an interesting sort of, they wanted to do a more unusual looking Bond girl. <laughs> hmm. Sounds strange, but. The, the, the last one I had, Lee, Lee Sido, is she French? I'm not sure. Sounds French. 
It's yeah. either French or French Canadian. Hmm. They did. They did have a. Uh, I think they had a French. They did. They did have a French Bond girl, Sophie. I can't remember her name, but she was the princess in Braveheart. She was in. I think she was in The World Is Not Enough. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but yeah. I mean, she's great in the lead. I, I really liked her a lot. I mean, oh, she, yeah. She's beautiful. She's quirky. She's uh, endearing. You really, uh, you just like her from from the minute you see her. Oh, intensely likable, yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely, uh, and uh, yeah, uh, it, it's anyway. So you want to start with your questions? Okay. So the first question was, what do you think of the film's structure? Does it does it work despite having a limited amount of story? Yeah, I I liked the structure. I I think it, it it's not as it, I don't think it tries quite as much as Five Hundred Days of Summer, but I don't think it needed to. I think it worked mm. for the kind of story that it was telling, and it I it it yeah I really liked it. I, I liked uh, the kind of the narration and uh, the maybe the 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 moments of. I don't know, weird humor, like, uh, like with her, um, I don't know, like the way with, when her, the way her mom dies, like that, yeah. it's really sad, but it's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I was saying about dark comedy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, stuff like that is, is good. And uh, yeah, I liked it. Yeah. I thought it was good. Yeah. yeah I suppose, I suppose ultimately, ultimately the main, I suppose the main conflict in the film is the will they won't they between Amile and, and Nino. Yeah. But that's a, but Amile takes up a certain amount of the of the running time. The rest of it is Amile helping people. Yeah. And there are like little and those others we get divided into their own little uh, side plots. I mean, I kind of yeah. wish that he had gotten introduced a little sooner, just mm. so we were I was a little more invested in their relationship, but mm. it's I it I liked seeing her with all of these people and seeing her interact. And I liked the way that they never it'd be easy in this kind of story and this kind of thing to make her kind of unlikable and kind of annoying, but that's not the case. Like I really liked, I really liked her. I may being a bit too quirky. Yeah. 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 I'm trying to think of a, a good example where it didn't, work but there's lots of manic pixie dream girls that are very annoying oh, yeah. uh, uh, i don't know something like me before you or something like that where this is all like perky and and here to cheer up the world so, oh, no thank you mm. yeah. as an example um but yeah no i thought she was great i mean it seemed like a heightened version of reality but like most yeah. of the stuff that she does for people isn't that like outlandish or anything like if it, yeah. you know it's fairly realistic kind of stuff you could actually do for the most part yeah yeah i mean i mean the fantasy they don't really relate to the things she does it just relate to kind of her thoughts mm-hmm. and uh, what do you think about being a heightened sense of reality i think like even the color scheme of the film kind of reflects that it's kind of it's kind of painted in a lit in a certain way. Mm. So, it's, so it's very, it seems a bit brighter than reality. I like that. Uh, even yeah, her makeup is a little bit sort of probably more heightened than you typically do. Um, 
and it kind of reminded me a little bit of a Wes Anderson movie. Um, mm-hmm. his, his are very similar, I feel like, in feel to this. Uh, you know, whether it's Grand Budapest Hotel, yeah, uh, or um, uh, the um, uh, Moonrise Kingdom, or something like that. You know, the, probably, well, the treatment of characters in Moonrise Kingdom was a uh, was a bit similar to this. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Uh, and I think both of, in both cases they're good about sort of keeping keeping the humanity of the characters, not having them be, be sort of preachy. Uh, or overly um, metaphorical, if that makes sense. Hmm. You know, yeah, it does. Yeah, and I, I did. I liked, uh, I liked the the visual style of it a lot. I thought that you really got a feeling of sort of this unique version of Paris, and um, yeah, I liked it. It was good. Good lighting, good design. Yeah, it was very immersive. So he, yeah. So, uh, so next question. You did uh, you did briefly touch on this, but you answered before. Were you uh, invested in the romance? I I could have been more, I think, but yeah. uh, just because he is introduced kind of late. Uh, yeah. But uh, but yeah, I think I was just because I was so invested in her um, hmm. by that point. But yeah. I, I do think I could have been a little bit more. Um, if they had maybe introduced him a little sooner, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, well, I, yeah, yeah. I think um, basically the main reason I was invested in romance because I, I liked Amile so much yeah. and I wanted her to be happy. Because you don't really know that much about Nino. Right. You, don't, you know that he likes to collect passport photos and that maybe he's a little bit quirky as well. He works in a sex shop and on the ghost train, and uh, he, but you don't really know that much about him. Really, I was just um, I was just invested because I wanted. To see what Amelie was going to do and, uh, and I wanted things to work out for her. It was yeah. a little bit like with, um, with it's a little bit like with Harry and uh, his individual romance with Cho Chang in the, in the Harry Potter books. You, you only know that much about Cho in, right. in like, the Goblet of Fire stage. But uh, I still wanted Harry to, uh, to get together with her because I wanted Harry to be happy. Right. Yeah, that's a good comparison. I think uh, we talked about that they're actually making, debuting a musical uh, yeah. on Broadway of this. And I think that's one that they can actually maybe flesh out a, one part of it that they could flesh out a little bit more is the Nino and Amelie romance. There will be a chance. It's, uh, so yeah, it says it, uh, I just I got the Wikipedia page here. It says it premiered in uh, the Berkeley Repertory Theater in Berkeley, California in September, 2015. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, what is it? yeah, it doesn't say, so would that not be in French, do you think if it's, uh, if it's being being played in in America, oh, I think it'll be in English. I would think, yeah. Uh, unless they had like, um, the like they do at the opera, they have the, um, they have a, uh, it's like a little, it's, it looks like a scorecard uh, at a sports game, and it just has right. the dialogue. You could, okay. I guess, do that. That would be pretty groundbreaking. I don't think they've ever done that on Broadway, but it would be a big risk. Uh, but that would be kind of cool. Hmm. I, I do think I, I, I do think. I mean, I love uh, foreign films, but I do think if there's anything that maybe kept me from noticing on the first watch some of the creative touches, is because I was really focused on well, you know, sort of watching the words that, that I probably missed a few things that if I was French, I would have noticed. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be kind of, I'm interested to 
Let's see what it, what it's like just listening to the narration if you understand French, because it go it kind of goes along quite quickly in this uh, in this like one note voice. And I and I kind of wonder if like if you were listening to just the French, you would still have like the same the same humorous touch because like reading the words, you can't understand the um, the kind of quirkiness of narration and the and the jokes in it. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know what it's like if you. If you're just listening to the French, yeah, I think you, I think you probably lose a little bit. I would imagine, at least, mm-hmm. um, uh, you'd lose a little bit. I, but yeah, I, I think they could have developed Nino's character just a little bit more. Maybe had like one scene where we get to know him a little bit, mm-hmm. where they have a conversation, or yeah. they show him having a conversation, or I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think that would have helped a little bit. Yeah, like, like even when, um, like even when. You know, when they, we first meet him, and there's, there's a little flashbacks when he was being bullied at school. I think that's yeah. less than we get with the um, the guy she gives the uh, the box of things to. Yeah, see, we see more of his memories, even though he's only in that one scene, and then briefly again at the end. Mm-hmm. True. I did like how they showed memories, the the memory, various memories though. That was yeah. very very effective. It really felt like a yeah. dream. It felt like a. It, it felt like uh, that this is probably not a hundred percent what really happened. This is what they remember what happened. Mm. Uh, it just had that kind of a, f- a feel to it that I, I yeah. thought was good. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I agree. Right. So, uh, so next question, what did you think of Amelia as a character? I, I, I thought she was great. I loved her. I thought she was, yeah. was very, uh, um, I don't know. I thought she was very sweet. And uh, you know, trying to, trying to, very simple-minded in a way. You know, she just kind of, uh, she, I don't know. She's not somebody who's like sitting there thinking about like the deep implications of of everything that she's doing. She just sees something, yeah. somebody who's sad. She wants to make them happy. She sees, oh, this made made, she it made this made this person happy. I'm going to do it again to make more people happy. Hmm. Yeah, I kind of like how she's at, like, we see her childhood and she's a, it's not the happiest childhood. Her mother dies and her, her, her father isn't very affectionate towards her. She doesn't yeah. really have any friends because she's homeschooled because it's all misunderstanding about her heart. And, uh, and yet she's, when she's grown up, she's not an unhappy person. She, it says she finds refuge in solitude. Yeah. And she's still it, very... She yeah. kind of reminded me of what I think a grown-up Matilda would be like, mm. you know, from the Roald Doll. Yeah, maybe. A little bit. I don't know. That's funny. There's actually a musical of Matilda as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. Just a, just sort of quirky and and uh, confident in her own way, and uh, yeah. and you know loving in her own way. And uh, I like yeah. you know I like that. That's good. Yeah. It's got a, yeah. The way she helps people is always in an anonymous way. She's she's working in secret and. Mm-hmm. Being hidden, and, and that's why and that's why they use the uh, the Zorro imagery a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was a, good. It's a little bit it's a little bit frustrating when she's um, when she's like hey, when they're, they're, when she she's kind of almost like playing games with Nino, and uh, and when he's asking, acting like he wants to get in touch with her, she's really not sure about it. She kind of loses her nerve a bit. I guess it's because just because she's got such limited. Uh, limited experience of a of interaction with people yeah that's true you know, yeah she's just she's just kind of scared of a little bit scared of reality yeah i liked to i liked her relationship between 
her and her father, though. I, I felt mm -hmm. like there was, I don't know, like she, I felt like she was still very loving towards him. And I liked mm -hmm. the, I really liked the gnome. Yeah, yeah, that was good. That was so sweet. Yeah, when she, she gives it to the uh, to the airline hostess, and then when he gives it, she like, says, "Everybody calls me Snow White." Mm -hmm. And yeah. you know, just like getting him out, getting him to 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 break, kind of break free, getting him to yeah. uh, was really yeah. was really sweet. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, that's kind of, I think that's kind of the point of a lot of the uh, the different side characters. You know, it's a, it's a. I mean, I was going to ask questions about this anyway, but the um, the yeah, I feel like the side characters, like Eddie, a lot of them are just kind of like stuck in a rut. Mm -hmm. And uh, and and then and Amelia ends up helping them progress. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, like I really did like uh, um, the the I'm try, trying to think her name. The one who is the uh, that she plays the matchmaker for. Uh, Georgette. Georgette. Okay. Yeah. yeah, she was really good. I really liked her. The yeah. all the characters at the cafe were really fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I yeah. like how she sort of tricked the the lady selling the newspapers too. That was funny. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a little bit um, Beatrice and Benedict from Much Ado About Nothing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, <laughs> that's a good comparison. Yeah, okay. yeah it's exactly yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, on the side characters, because that because that was my next question anyway. Hey, hey. I, would, I was going to say it's like um, they all seem to have like, like these uh, these particular quirks, don't they? Like they kind of um they kind of elevated, they got and guy and kind of makes them most recognizable. Like so, like you got the guy in the cafe who's always recording what his what his ex girlfriend is doing. You got the hypochondriac. You got the um the writer who talks about his rejections. And he, you got the glass the glass man with the brittle skeleton who just stays indoors all the time. Yeah, that's true. Got, yeah, I mean it's I mean maybe they're not especially developed, but it's um they're, they're all very um they're all very set apart. Yeah, but it kind of works for the world. Like, if you're going to have a lead character mm -hmm. as quirky as Amelie, you kind of mm -hmm. need, it's kind of similar to, kind of similar to Wes Anderson again. You kind of need, like, it would be it would be weird in, say, the Grand Budapest Hotel to have, like, a completely normal person, you know? Like, it would just feel out of, it would feel weird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah normal people don't quite fit into this universe, do they? Right, yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, it would feel like a, to use a Harry Potter term, it would feel like a muggle in yeah, the, exactly, yeah. in the yeah. middle of there. Uh, so. yeah, I mean, I think that was the point of like the, uh, the Frank Grimes episode of The Simpsons, wasn't it? It's kind of yes. like a normal person couldn't survive in The Simpsons universe. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a really, that's very good. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's right. Uh, that uh, it, when I would just, it would feel, it would feel, uh, it just wouldn't work with this kind of storytelling. It wouldn't work yeah. at all. Yeah. You need, uh, okay. you yeah. need yeah. to have kind of an obvious sort of quirk. Hmm. For... Yeah. So, uh, so I'll move on to the next question. And the uh, the film tries. Excuse me, what yours for five hundred days of summer? The film tries a lot of uh, different creative touches. What in what in particular worked for you? Um. I, I like I said the dream. I, the dream sequences. I, I think I liked the most. Uh, the, uh, I liked. I don't know. I, I just thought they were uh, were were interesting in the way that they were filmed. And and uh, like I said, I was kind of focused uh, probably on the words 
so I probably missed some creative touches, but, um, but, but yeah, that I think that, um, some of the way they use like a sort of a fisheye look and things looked kind of distorted at times. And, yeah. and, uh, like we were talking about with the lighting and the, the colors and there's stuff that all, um, uh, worked, I think very well. Hmm. Yeah, I think one bit I especially liked was when uh, she's put together the um, the, le- the letter for the landlady from all her husband's letters. And when she's reading it, you can have, when she goes through all the different senses, you can hear the, the sound effects in the background keep changing. Oh, I didn't notice like, that. A whole bunch of, the, yeah, well, just when she reads like, the finished letter that Amelie has made, the, uh, the sound effects in the background and of everything he's saying keep changing to show that it's actually a whole bunch of letters that were put together. Oh, cool. I, yeah. I, I, I guess I didn't notice that. Yeah. That's cool. Hey, another way she's where she's where she's waiting for Nina to come to the cafe and she's imagining all this weird stuff that's happened to her, like who's captured by bank robbers and then is and is living as a as a hermit now. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was quite funny. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, some of her fantasies were really good. I like yeah. that. Yeah. And okay. <laughs> yeah. and it's not like constant fantasizing. No. Is it? So when it happens it's um it's at least quite a oh, like when the um like when the thirty and like little animals in her in her apartment start moving, or when like Nina has left the cafe and she suddenly like melts into water, as she's feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's not so much that it becomes annoying. And no, no, it's definitely good. Uh, even uh, there's there's some Wes Anderson movies that get get pretty close for me uh, <laughs> to being a little annoying and being a little too much. Uh, but um, but I, yeah. Hmm. I, not this at all. Like it, it wasn't like, it was all pretty subtle uh, as far as a lot of those touches. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I'm trying to remember anything else that sort of stood out to me um, about, uh, um, but just the story was very unusual. Just the way that, I don't know, it was just the way it involved all these different characters and kind of what she was doing. And I don't know. It just, Mm. Was, was different, something different. Yeah. So, uh, he, so I was also asked, uh, did you did you think the um, the comedy worked? Did you think the the film was funny? Except for those, like, I would say those like R-rated moments. I didn't think that they were funny, and I didn't think they were really needed. And I just uh, like like for instance, the orgasm joke. I that I didn't think oh, yeah. was funny, and I didn't think it was needed. Um, I don't know. It just it just frustrates me when I want to rec. Because I have a lot of friends who won't see any R-rated movies, and it frustrates me. Yeah. I guess when I when a, a movie I feel like doesn't need it, and and then yet they add it in for I don't know why. <clears throat> uh, and I feel like in this case, this is definitely an example of that. That it just wasn't funny and it wasn't needed and so it would have been i think much better had it been a little bit gentler and hadn't had those those moments in my opinion yeah i mean what about that scene in the the um, sex shop i I don't think those jokes were really that funny those i don't think were really needed stuff like that i Mm -hmm. i could do without like that that bit in the um in the cafe when they're when they're having sex in the bathroom and like there's there's maybe there's the vibrations and the and the screaming from the the bathroom is that is that not your that was that was funny. I, I I didn't mind that as much as like like I said the orgasm joke or the sex shop jokes. Those were a, a little bit more vulgar. I thought that was a little oddly enough. I think a little more subtle. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. 
No, I didn't, I didn't mind those jokes so much. I, I think you could get, you could have that scene with the, the, the vibrating and still do um, PG-13 because mm. it was, most of it was unseen. Yeah. And, uh, but anyway, mm-hmm. I, I still really liked the movie. That would be my only thing is yeah. just some of the jokes I, yeah. I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did, yeah, I did enjoy most of the jokes. I am. Um, like I, and it still seems to work, even though it's in subtitles. Like um, when she goes to when she's looking for the um, the guy who owns the box, and she goes to the first person there, and she says she's uh, she's uh, she's handing out a petition to canonize Lady Die. Yeah, that was that was good. I like that. Yeah, and like that, and that scene when she's a child and she's getting revenge on a neighbor by by listening to the the football match that actually is on the radio, and then turning pulling out his area where it looks like somebody's about to score. Yeah. Like that. I just, I did, I did. It did make me laugh. This film, it was. Yeah, yeah, it had some funny parts. Was that the neighbor or was it her dad? It was, it was a neighbor. It was the neighbor. Like he told, he told her that when she was taking pictures of things that caused accidents, and so and she was getting a revenge on him. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I, that was that was funny. I, I did like that scene, and uh, I, I liked some of the 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 banter between all the people at the cafe. Yeah, yeah. that was good. Banter, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I, I did think her, her pictures in the photo album were funny that she leaves him. I liked that. Uh, yeah. the, so I did laugh. I just, I don't know. Wasn't super into those, some of those R-rated jokes. Were my okay, that's fair enough. So, um, so last question. Um, what do you think the film says about, um, about life and uh, viewing the world? Hmm. Interesting. I think uh, that uh, it. Hmm. What do I think it says? I I think it kind of says that you should look around for people that for things, for ways that you can help people and, and then help them. (laughs) Uh, That uh, I don't know. I think that's sort of the main, if there's a message. Yeah. I mean, there is, there is also the message about, uh, about, I mean, like kind of getting over fears of, um, about being a, about uh, possibly being rejected by by Nina, you know, and they're going yeah. through this this round instead of like helping people in this quite anonymous, detached way. It's, I mean, that's her way of connecting with the world, and she and eventually she kind of learns to be more direct. And I was also kind of struck by like the both the beginning and the end of the film, where it's going through all these um these little like random details in in the world and like and things that people like, yeah. like like says oh, I'm like sticking a hand into a basket of rain. Or cracking creme brulee, hey, and I feel that sort of thing kind of gives you a appreciation for like little things because we because we all have little things like that that we that we appreciate or that we or that we don't like. That's a good like point. I, yeah, like I re- I really hate the sound of of people slurping tea. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. That that those uh, small moments are what make kind of life a, a, a full life there there's yeah. a, a really great movie called mother with mm. debbie reynolds and albert brooks and it, it's it, and she's like this depression era woman who like uh it's pretty hilarious like she has this like giant block of like cheese in the freezer that she like right. i don't know and she has like she freezes her salad and she freezes everything and and she's just cr- crazy about saving everything and 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 like he he tries to get her to instead of just always like there's value in being thrifty of course but she's not like enjoying the moment 
She's not like yeah. doing things that she she's she's not buying the ice cream that actually will taste good. She's buying the one that's the cheapest. And she's she's not like living a full complete life. And uh and so he that's sort of what he tries to kind of get her to do. And uh to buy the to buy the jam that she wants to buy instead of the one that's the cheapest always, you know, and anyway and so it's a really good film and but i think there's some truth in that like whether it's it whether it's uh money or whatever it is or embarrassment or you don't think you have the time or all this stuff that uh sometimes we don't do the things in life that really the little things that actually make us the most happy yeah. and it, it's it's a it's an interesting example for me because i'd love to swim and I have a pool I could go to so close, but I always, I don't go there near as much as I should. Cause especially cause it's something I love. <laughs> hmm. I don't And I think that a lot of us are guilty of that. that it's, it's hard to get preoccupied. Yeah. yeah. That, yeah. And, and even house. if it's just like making, making a cup of tea cause it, you like it and you yeah. know, but just taking a second to, Kind of relax and listen to one of your favorite songs or or yeah, just yeah. i don't know we do yeah. things that we do things like say i don't know like watch some uh, you know some lame show that doesn't really really add anything to us yeah. uh, but then we don't think we have the time to do things that we actually really love <laughs> yeah it's just like a, a bogged down watching youtube videos or something yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, that 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 is a good message in it. That's true. I, I guess I wouldn't have have yeah. thought of that, but yeah, yeah, it, the, yeah, it's one of the things in the film I like the most that that use of little little details. Yeah, and yeah. yeah, looking for little ways to serve other people, I think, is really good too. Uh, that you know, we don't have to uh, be. Uh, I don't know. We don't have to be out there like protesting or not that there's anything wrong with that, but uh, we don't have to be uh, doing some big bold thing that we can be like saying, giving someone a Valentine on Valentine's or just something uh, yeah. to serve other people and thinking of what would make them happy as opposed to what yeah. make us happy. And I think that's one thing that's great about Amelie is she's very, she's the opposite of summer in a way. <laughs> She's, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She she yeah. thinks of other people almost to a fault. Yeah. <laughs> and not I, I definitely like her more than summer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She she's thinking about what will make other people happy. Yeah. If I had to pick, I'd pick that way of life. <laughs> yeah, I actually I actually look at the um the Wikipedia page. Amelia it says there's a um as a species of frog has been named a Cochranella Amelia. It says a scientist who named it said. This new species of glass frog is for Amile, the protagonist of the extraordinary movie, The Fabulous, is that, I think it's in French, it's called like, the, Le Fabulous Destin de Amile Poulain, a film where little details play an important role in the achievements of Joy de Vivre, like the important role that glass frogs and all amphibians and reptiles play in the health of our planet. Hmm. Yeah. That's and, cool. And, and, and I didn't realize that's how I looked at the Wikipedia page. Yeah, that is yeah. cool. That's a good point. Uh, yeah, uh, that's cool. That uh, that uh, it's a cool thing to kind of take away. It makes you uh, just want to try to. There's a a really good uh, speech by one of the leaders of my church where he talks about just like every day trying to make something beautiful, 
Hmm. And to like participate in the, the, the like act of creation and how hmm. that's like good for the soul. And I think that's really true that like, whether it be like making a, a, a meal that, um, you know, that tastes good or, you know, you've created something out of nothing and there's oh, yeah. something about that that's really good and feels good. And, um, uh, and cause some of the things that Amelie did were, were took a lot of work uh, in planning and trying to find, you know, trying to find the, hmm. the owner of the binder, trying to find the, um, who is living in her flat, you know, all those kind of things yeah. like that. It took, it took yeah. effort. It does, yeah. It puts the effort in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, cool. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I, I, I liked. I think these are both really good films. I, I think. Uh, yeah. Um, there's something. I think both of these movies are good couple movies because I think that they're both romantic, and they're both movies that I think appeal to should appeal, in my opinion, to both men and women. Oh yeah, uh, I agree. Yeah, I mean, Amelie is definitely in my, my top 50 favorite movies. Mm. And, uh, and I can't be, and I can't, I call them both unconventional for, for different reasons. Amelie is more about style, whereas 500 Days of Summer, it's, it's unconventional because of the, the story it's telling. The narrative. The boy yeah. meets girl story, but not a love story. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, cool. Well, thanks for joining me on this. This was a lot of fun. And my we'll pleasure. I have to think about uh, what we'll do next, uh, but I will uh, let everybody know on Twitter, I guess. And uh, and so, where can people find you? Uh, my Twitter is uh, PNE Richard, and my blog is Velociraptor256.wordpress.com. Sweet, awesome, and you can find me at Smiling LDS Girl on all social media. And uh, so, thanks so much, and I look forward to next month. Yeah.